Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is June 18th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host. As a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges we face, and the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in two things. Spiritual mentorship, a.k.a. discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So I'm excited for another episode today, episode number 22. And the guest I have on the show today, he and I have a similar passion, the game of golf. Uh, he and I have uh, also a similar passion, the Kansas Jayhawks, and a guy I've gotten to know here in the last few months. I have I've wanted to have him on the show, so I'm happy that he's going to join us today. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy, Ryan Johnson. Ryan, great to have you. Hey, John. Happy to be here. Rock to talk. How's it going? Rocks, yeah, we don't get to talk about the Jayhawks very often when I get guys on the show. At least the, the mass majority of guys I've had on the show is, is from Minnesota. I've had a few, you know, Florida, you know, Ohio. But this is the first guy that has a Jayhawk tie. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I feel like we haven't really been able to talk a lot about sports in the last few months with all that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Or we can talk about them a lot in a hypothetical sense. But that's right. I was actually playing yeah, golf. I- yeah, I was actually playing golf with a guy who who grew up in Salina, Kansas, KU fan, and, and he made the comment to me. He's an older guy. He said, "You know what? This was KU's year. This was their yeah, year was. for the national title." And unfortunately, no, undefeated no number one, undefeated we like number the, one, uh, un- unanimous end of season number one. So if you go back a few decades to back when college football, you know, whoever was number one at the end of the season is the national championship. There it is. I'm getting a banner. By those standards. By those standards, we're the winners. We are national champs. Well, Ryan, uh, fill us in. Tell us about yourself personally, professionally. What's going on in your life? Sure. So um, five years out of college, went to KU, um, had a blast there, moved here for a job. Uh, I had a really vague uh, degree in communications, uh, bachelor's. <laughs> and I always joke that everyone's like, oh, what do you want to do with that? And I'm like, well, whatever I want. And so I uh, decided that uh, out of of school, I wanted to go into marketing and advertising. So I interviewed at a bunch of places and one random one in Minneapolis. um, And it was my only offer out of college. So I moved to Minneapolis without actually having been here before prior to a five hour layover. I had once. Um, And yeah, it's been a wild ride. Uh, I started out at an ad, ad agency downtown. I did the ad agency thing for a couple of years, then I moved to the client side. I uh, worked at a small education technology company, and then uh, more recently at a hospitality company, Radisson Hotel Group, uh, on the marketing team there, specifically creative services. So we do a lot of the uh, graphic mm. design. It's like an internal creative team. Sure. And that was Radisson Hotel Groups, not Madison Hotel Groups, as depicted in the movie of Billy Madison, correct? Correct. Radisson Hotel. Correct. Okay. Radisson. Yeah. Radisson Hotel Group. So I worked at the corporate office uh, out here and that, you know, it was really fun. Um, as you can probably guess, the hospitality industry has <laughs> nosedived in the, uh, Man, in the era I shouldn't of COVID-19. laugh. It's awful. I shouldn't laugh. It's terrible. Yeah. 
yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been interesting to say the least. So I was one of those uh, un- unlucky or lucky, depending on how you look at it, uh, individuals who was actually furloughed uh, back in April. I got the news it was going to be four months. So that's quite a significant amount of time, uh, just kind of having to think through things. Um, right off the bat, I think I was actually really excited. There was mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity or potential, and I remember the day that I heard about it, um, actually. You know, I was in the bathroom and I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and I was reminded of how often in scripture God takes his children into the desert because he wants to teach them. Or sometimes even people will go into the desert because they want to hear from the Lord. Um, and I was just thinking of this as a time where I was like, I, I almost felt prematurely excited about it being a desert period of time of uncertainty uh, where my only really hope of getting through it would be reliance on the Lord. Um, and right away, it had a significant impact in my faith. Um, just, mm. I was excited by the idea that, oh, look, you know, I can't lean on my own, my own uh, going to work and getting a paycheck anymore. I have to just trust what the Lord will provide, <laughs> um, which was kind of funny. I was surprised by that. But um, the first couple of months were, were definitely... There's definitely a lot of evidence of that in my in my spiritual life, so it's been interesting to see. So you've been furloughed. You've had this this change of scenery. This you can identify with so many people. I mean, I, I hosted yeah. a, a little show for a while with a buddy of mine who had on the podcast, Danny Green. He's he had the same experience. There's there's millions of people that have been going through this, and it sounds like for you, your foundation that you had built previously in your relationship with the Lord served as a a framework, but then you also had almost of an excitement, which you got to teach me how to do that. Having an excitement about going into the desert or the Lord leading you into the desert. You brought up a great point too, yeah. that I just want a quick sidebar is some of our greatest thinking happens in the bathroom. Um, so that's where you were saying you were in the bathroom thinking about it, but no, so, so, so God led you into this desert. What is, so now the thing about the desert, I would imagine um, when I've been there a few times is you walk in, you're kind of excited. It's a change of scenery, but pretty soon it gets dry. Pretty soon you get pretty thirsty. Uh, it gets, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hot. You're getting sunburned. There's sand everywhere and it gets pretty uncomfortable. So yep. where are you kind of in that journey? And, and maybe what are a few things that you have been revealed to you throughout this journey of being in the desert? Yeah, um, that's a great question. If you would have asked me this two weeks ago, I would have been probably like, oh, yeah, you know, it's been amazing. Like, obviously, everything hasn't been provided. Um, but the last two weeks have been really hard um, to keep the metaphor going. It's like you go over the sand dune uh, only to see miles, miles more uh, sand dunes ahead of you. Um, but at the same time, um, I've started to see little tufts of grass as well, mm. little seeds that, um, you know, the spirit of God is, is pulling moisture out uh, and uh, hopes for the future. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I always like to say my life motto is you can't direct the winds, but you can adjust your sails. Um, and there's this equation that <laughs> Can you my, please uh, get me a coffee mug with that on it? That's my only request of our relationship is a <laughs> coffee right. mug that I can hold I'll up get- as I'm drinking my coffee that says you can't, what is it? You can't direct the winds, but you can adjust your sails. Amen. So when I was in high school, my dad actually, so I, I look at this as often as I can. My dad taught me this equation that's called E plus R equals O. And what that stands for is the event plus the response to the event determines the outcome of the event. 
And so a lot, a lot of times we tend to box ourselves in based on our circumstances. Um, and to your point, maybe I'm in a desert and it'd be very easy for me to be like, oh, I'm in a desert, life's unfair, this is the worst. Um, but what the desert does to me will be determined by how I choose to respond to the desert. And so in the last couple of weeks, I hadn't been responding very well. I actually had found that my habits had kind of fallen off and I instead started to see only sand around me. I felt like, oh, this is the worst. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember using the metaphor yesterday. I feel like my sails are just kind of flopping in the wind right now. They're not tied down um, to a friend. And so it was kind of great this morning. I just kind of had a rejuvenating time with the Lord. And I was like, um, you know, I know we're going to talk about this later. Um, but I was just thinking about how I hadn't been sowing faith in my, in my walk and how I hadn't been reaping then trust, you know, mm. and the event, my response to the event had been kind of confusion. And so the outcome was just confusing, you know? And so um, I, I, I watch, I've been watching a bunch of uh, webinars in the air, in the age of technology. And uh, there was a really great line that a guy said. And uh, when there is like mass um, confusion, you can respond with fear or you can respond with focus. And I thought that was amazing. Mm. Um, and it aligned a lot with that kind of equation that uh, my dad taught me growing up. And it's like, okay, well, they're, all I have control over is my own actions, how I mm. respond. Uh, and I kind of lost sight of that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So It's that, a concept that I hear from people around me sometimes that say, you know, John, stress is not the event. It's the reaction to the event. There you go. I hate hearing that event (laughs) plus the response equals the outcome, right? So I'm a, I'm a golfer. So I pump one out of bounds. I make a double bogey after I'm one under with, you know, seven holes to play. That's the event. But my response is I'm fuming. I'm frustrated. I rush my process. I make two more double bogeys, lent my way in for a 78. And then that's my outcome, right? As opposed to it wasn't just the event. It wasn't hitting the ball out of bounds. It was my response to it. My expectations getting hurt, my, my outcome being changed and my, my constant response to that. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. I can't commit to the fact that I'm going to implement it and change my response to things, but I appreciate you pointing it out. Uh, and, and just so if you didn't catch it, I encourage you, (laughs) I encourage you just to take one step closer to, yeah. to responding better. However, what I will that. what I will implement is adjusting my sails. Just grab there the main go. jib in the boom <laughs> and using some sort of sailing terms, put my sail up because you can't control the winds, but you can adjust your sails. You heard it here first yeah. from Ryan yep. Johnson. There you go. <laughs> I love that. So packing. That's attacking. That's right. So let's, it's been great sailing weather here in Minnesota, by the way, it's been 20 to 25 mile an hour winds every day for like 40 days. <laughs> uh, so I want to transition a little bit. You talked about this journey in the desert um, yep. and I appreciate your vulnerability. That's one of the main desires of my show is that as, as young guys who are Christian guys, it's, it's not, uh, it's not easy. It's, it's tough out there and being open and vulnerable about the challenges we have in our life. I appreciate you, you sharing that desert season. Cause that's a lot of times in life it's, it's spiritually dry. I want to talk a little bit about uh, one or two things. Um, I know you're on this journey of kind of, gift planning, stewardship, financial stewardship. And I think you have some fascinating ideas and fascinating information about that. So could you talk just a little bit about 
kind of where the course you're involved in and what, what you've learned from a, a stewardship perspective, from a financial, um, I would say financial perspective as well. Yeah, man. Um, so in the, just to back up a little bit in the time that has been afforded to me in this kind of furlough, I've had an opportunity to think more long-term about what I actually want to be doing with my career. Um, and so I've beginning, I've begun to kind of explore different opportunities. And one of those, as you pointed out, is gift planning. Um, this thing that, what does that mean? I even talked to my neighbor yesterday, like, what is that? And so, um, there's a lot that entails, uh, that goes into it. Um, what was great is, um, a lot of times you brought up the word stewardship. A lot of people think of stewardship simply as giving. Um, and in my kind of deep diving into this idea of stewardship, I've seen that my, I think of a steward as the one who is uh, directing the resources on behalf of the one who owns them. And so it's actually what you do with what you have, not necessarily just what you give away. Um, and that's kind of a, a huge paradigm shift, especially for us as believers, as we think about, oh, you know, me being a good steward of, of my money is just giving to the church and to, to the kingdom. But it's like, no, you being a good steward is recognizing that all that you have is actually the Lord's. And then you ask him what he wants to do with his money, and you are the steward of that. Um, and so part of that is giving, absolutely. And I'll, you'll be surprised how often the Lord will guide you there. But sometimes it's just thinking about the way that you make transactions, the product you buy, the uh, kind of car you drive, you know, all of these kind of things. Um, were you asking, the, inviting the Lord into uh, not just what you're giving, but your entire kind of all that you own? I mean, from your from actual money in your bank to, you know, just like the silverware in your drawers, you know. Mm. Uh, it's been cool to see that uh, perspective expanded. Um, but to go a little bit more detailed about gift planning, um, a lot of times, I guess in the avenue that I'm going to be doing or potentially doing would be working with donors uh, and nonprofits and then on a tertiary level financial advisors and attorneys to maximize the you know tax advantaged gifts where you know a lot of these people who want to provide to nonprofits or to charities or to churches um, they want to make sure that they have the largest impact and a lot of times if there are different tools that exist from annuities to trusts to um, pooled income funds and, and even just, you know, stocks. And obviously there's a million different things that can go into um, where you can actually give in a way that, um, you know, maximizes a, a, a deduction on that, um, but also means that you can give more to a charity or the impact can be greater. Uh, and so it's amazing how just in the last few months I've been learning a lot about the tax code in America and, um, how, what's deductible, what's not, what's a gift, and the way that um, you can use that to the advantage of charities and ultimately um, to the advancement of the kingdom. I think, I think that's what's been really drawn me into this, um, has been this idea that, you know, I had shared with you that when we first met that I was thinking about going into financial advising um, and that idea of, you know, a lot of the microfinance things, they make sense to me and it's cool. Uh, and so this has been a really interesting offshoot of that in the sense where um, by helping educate people, they can still make wise financial decisions, uh, provide for their family, um, but also uh, leave a legacy they never thought possible or mm -hmm. maybe 10 times bigger than they thought they had ever you know, ever thought of. And so a lot of the role is more educational in nature, uh, making people realize that like, 
A, affirming them. If you have, you know, $500 million or you have $500, um, the Lord has blessed you. Um, and he has given you uh, enough to make it through. And uh, just trying to reaffirm that stewardship mentality and that, um, mm. you know, just affirm people where they are. You know, a lot of people don't feel like they, they're in a position to do a lot. And it might take more faith to give $5 than to give, you know, $5,000. There are definitely um, illustrations of that. So one thing I want you yes, to explain for us, I, I you brought up this great idea of being a steward that even shifted my perspective of we we identify stewardship with giving, but in reality, mm -hmm. being a steward is actually being responsible for everything and 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 deciding what that where's that going to go. And so you talked about from our transactions, the cars that we drive, and um, I'm just really grateful, you know that that. Um, the whole reason, well, the only reason I drive a Maserati is for the gas mileage, but, uh, <laughs> you know, no. So I want you to talk about, cause you, you shared it so eloquently with me. So now I'm going to set you up. So if you don't do it well, it's a failure. Okay. No, you shared it so eloquent with me. I want you to talk about that real life example that you shared. I don't know if you can remember it, but you shared a real life example of an impact that a one-time inheritance could have versus the inheritance spread out over time in the, in the difference over like 20 years. Are you remembering that when you shared that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like one example would be, um, you think about, you know, obviously wealth is relative, uh, mm. you know, for one person's perspective, it could be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And for another person, it's millions, you know, um, or for some people, you know, across the world, it's like a thousand dollars. It's crazy. But um, a lot of times in America, you think of, you know, let's think about like a, a legacy of just $200,000. A lot of people think of that as, as relatively modest. And what's interesting is within the planned giving sphere, um, let's say that a, a, a husband and wife couple, they have, you know, $200,000. They're about, you know, they're towards the end of their life and they want to make sure they set their kids up for success. So they just think, okay, well, we're going to just give that to our kids. Uh, and what happens is a lot of times um, all of that is then, el you know, eligible to be taxed at, you know, 30% because it will often, you know, if you think about splitting that in half, so $100,000 goes to one kid and $100,000 goes to another time, uh, that would be, you know, taxes income. And then that could be up taxed up to 30%, maybe even more. A lot of times $100,000 is going to push somebody into a different tax bracket. And so right off the bat, you're losing somewhere like, Sixty to seventy thousand um, dollars just to taxes, um, and then the other statistics say that a lot of inheritances that are just given straight away to children is actually spent within eighteen months. So this legacy, this modest legacy that this, this couple had, um, is gone within a year and a half. Um, we, uh, you know, some of it went to the government and other things, maybe like pay off some of a mortgage or a car, but um, it, it ultimately it ultimately didn't last very long. But there are tools in place and the example, one example would be like a, a charitable remainder unit trust, uh, just a, a really simple example here where uh, they could put that $200,000 into um, that unit trust and imagine uh, a distribution of, I don't know, like 6%, a, a modest kind of average return, maybe, maybe less, um, where if um, you think about a distribution of an annual basis for 20 years, the return on that $200,000 could then uh, be the distribution to those kids. So instead of getting uh, $100,000 uh, at one point, they're getting maybe $5,000 uh, every year for 20 years. 
uh, and that still ends up being, um, I think that's $100,000. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what happens is that, that the body of that trust isn't eaten into over that time, assuming, you know, a pretty normal return. And what you found is that you, you, a, you're still able to leave your children with the same amount. A lot of times the $5,000 a year isn't going to push somebody into a new tax bracket. So the relative tax on that is so much significantly smaller. Uh, and after 20 years, you still will have a very hefty body. And now someone who never thought they could ever give has is given an opportunity to give. Maybe they basically doubled their inheritance over 20 years and mm. were still able to provide for their family. And now they have $200,000 in a legacy they never thought possible to give to a charity that they believe in, maybe a church or maybe just an organization that they believe is going to a, a survive for that time, but also going to make income, uh, sorry, not income, impact that could last, you know, eternity for the kingdom. And so just a simple thing like that, it, it, it's, it, it'd be amazing to see the possibilities, you know, and obviously mm. that's just a modest, that's just a modest example. But when you scale that to not only just one person, but like someone who has a lot of money or just a lot more people just like that, mm. obviously it's going to be amazing to see how they can impact their family. But you think about just the role of educating them. And if we think about, okay, how do we do this effectively? The impact of the kingdom of heaven is going to be immense. Mm. Think about the charities where, you know, think about the lives that could be impacted, the, the, the mouths that could be fed, all the amazing things that, that um, organizations that we believe in uh, and often out of our own pockets will support do. Um, it's just, I don't know. I get excited to think about the potential. And I think that's why I, I feel like the Lord, uh, is guiding me here because that's what our God is. You know, our God is a God mm. of hope and potential, and, um, and He wants to, He wants to take what we give and <sighs> multiply it even a hundredfold. That's so good. It's such a modest example, but it is fascinating. And I am one of the most challenged individuals when it comes to concentration. And you held my attention with that modest example. So don't belittle <laughs> it because it's fascinating. And we're so often caught up in this idea of wealth accumulation. We're so often caught up in the idea of generating cash flow or more revenues or more money. Did, 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 did. But we don't often yep. think about the strategy behind it in the distribution side of things, and especially from an impact. So for me, what yep. I think about is, okay, effective education, which is what you're talking about. People don't know what they don't know. Effective education will lead to investor intentionality. They'll lead yep. to being intentional, which will lead to incredible impact. Oh, yeah. But it starts with that effective education. So I think you have at least found definitely one of your giftings in the teaching space. <laughs> and I would pray that, that God continues to move you down that path because you are so... I love it. You're so intelligent, but you're also able to explain it so simply. So thanks for sharing, Ryan. That's awesome. I think you have some amazing stuff going on professionally. I want to shift gears thanks, just man. a little bit. And before we we talk about our verse of the day is, you know, one of our focuses here at the Young Christian Business Guy powered by CBMC is we believe in the power of discipleship and we believe in the power of peer groups. And I'm wondering if you could talk about one or the other and the impact they have had on your spiritual growth and development in your journey. Yeah, um, man, there are a lot of good examples I could probably bring up. Um, I'm going to bring up one that's extremely, extremely relevant to our conversation thus far, just to keep it continuous. So uh, about a month ago, uh, I watched a YouTube video of a guy who was like the director of stewardship at a Christian university, and he was giving a chapel sermon 
to the student body. A lot of these Christian universities has like chapels for three days a week. He was speaking on stewardship and everything I was telling you about stewardship 10 minutes ago is what I learned from him in this sermon. <laughs> and it totally changed my perspective. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like amazing for me in just in my career. And so I spent like two hours trying to track down his information. Um, I, I cold called him, set up a time to chat, and we spoke for like an hour and then again the next week for an hour. Um, and it was just hilarious because I just, I just started writing like crazy. And after you know, what started as me trying to get some advice about you know, the gift planning world, turned into him ministering to my soul about mm. my own walk with the Lord and you know, my relationship with what the Lord has given me and my wife. And um, I realized the value in that immediately. And I was like, hey, man, I know we've just talked twice. Uh, but I would love to have this be an ongoing relationship because this impact is, you know, it, it might have some, some, uh, you know, benefit to my career, but uh, he's just such a godly man who's walked with the Lord for all of his life and he has decades of wisdom. And I always like to think of wisdom as, um, you know, insight from experience mm. and it doesn't always have to be your own. You know, so we always think of like, uh, you have an opportunity to to learn and grow wise from those who have experience. That's why there's so much value in in mentorship and discipleship, uh, because you don't have to go through the experiences. You don't have to like extreme experience extreme heartache um, with the sake of you know with the power of wisdom. You can learn from other people's examples, um, or you can walk into amazing opportunities um, because you've witnessed or experienced other people's examples especially those who've gone before um, so i just encourage anyone who who has a, a godly older guy in their life to like pursue it and here's mm. the thing you know we, we might be young but if you imagine like a middle schooler or a high schooler who's like john you're really cool i love like hearing what you have to say that's like an honor for you and we always think you know we oh, we're not i don't want to bother that guy but in reality you are affirming them in so many ways and you'd be so blown away by not only the willingness but like the excitement that an older guy would have for the opportunity to to pour in and um, come on that's so, yes so a lot of times younger guys desire it and they don't know you know how to get it so to speak and older guys want to give it but they don't know how to do it so it's just like a lot of times it's just stepping out and asking hey this might be seem weird but i've you know been really blessed by your example in a couple of ways we should be willing to grab coffee um i just love to hear more about your story uh, mm. and that the seeds of that uh, relationship can pay dividends um that's such a great example. I'm, I'm so excited for you that you were able to connect with somebody like that. You pursued him and then you thought that's, that sums up discipleship. I think we go in with this expectation of what we think we're going to get from it, or maybe what our agenda right. is. And in reality, God had something right. so much different planned for us that he was trying to impart on us through the wisdom, AKA Ryan Johnson's definition, insight from experience from others. That's so that's phenomenal. Well, let's wrap up today with the verse of the day, which is uh, Hebrews eleven six. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What thoughts do you have about this verse, Ryan? Amen. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys, uh, you know, we we love the Lord. And so we want to please him. And a lot of times we think that's action. Um, and 
The truth is, it is, but not in works, in faith. Uh, and faith is ultimately trust. So you say, okay, what is this faith in God? It's like when you when you put your trust in him. Um, it's when you come to him. It's when you believe that he exists and that he rewards you uh, for earnestly seeking him. And I was reading a devotional uh, this morning, actually, was talking about how um, works does not, faith is where you get your salvation, um, but works is where you get the reward. And so this idea where you reap what you sow. And so I want to be someone who sows trust, who sows goodness, who sows, um, uh, you know, humility. And ultimately, mm. you know, my reward is salvation in heaven um, if from, from being the faith. But at the same time, um, I want to be someone who earnestly seeks God. And mm. his word says that when you do, he'll show up and you'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Faith equals trust. Hebrews 11, Let's 6. Go. We'll end with that. Ryan, it was a quick 30 minutes. Such a blessing to have you on. I'm super excited about the journey the Lord has you on. I can't wait to see what the next steps look like. Uh, have a great weekend. Hopefully you get out on the links. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, John. You too. And by the way, I would not be disappointed with a 78. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to I'm you like, soon, you buddy. Me? All right. Have a good night. Oh, man. What a great show today. Having Ryan on. That was that was awesome. He as I just reflect back on some of the things that I took down um, during our conversation there was he brought up this idea of some people, God leads us into the desert, but some people actually go into the desert to try and hear from the Lord. And I appreciated his openness that he was excited to kind of enter this season of being furloughed, but he was open and honest that it was really hard. He was going through some really hard stuff. And then he hammered us with the quote of the day. You can't direct the winds, but you can adjust your sails. So if we don't leave you with anything, we'll leave you with that because that's going to go on a T-shirt, a coffee mug, something. Um, he talked about this equation of E plus R equals O. So the event plus the response equals the outcome. The event plus your response equals the outcome. So as he's he's responding to this, he really realized from an introspective perspective, he said, I am not sowing in, tr in faith, so I'm not reaping in trust. Not sowing in faith, so I'm not reaping in trust. Um, I loved this idea that, that we talked about maximizing impact. I mean, as, as entrepreneurial guys, as business guys, we're so focused on wealth accumulation. We're so focused on building uh, businesses, creating uh, generational wealth. It's just kind of how we're wired sometimes, even though if money is just a tool and, and we're not worshiping it, we're still thinking about most guys in my sphere are thinking about accumulating it. And then we think about stewardship and giving. But stewardship is really being a steward of all of it, everything we've been given and not just giving to, to our, our tithe, to our church or to organizations, but really how are we spending it? And that's convicting to me. I mean, really thinking about that. And then on top of it, how do we maximize impact? How do we start our planning now in the years to come? So 15, 20, 25 years, the money that we've been stewards of, we can look at the God when we see him, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were effectively educated. You were intentional and you were extremely impactful with what I entrusted you with. I mean, what a great, great thing to hear. And I think Ryan had some great ideas and that definitely perks some, some curiosity in me and ways to get more educated around how to maximize impact, uh, maximize legacy. And then he talked about Hebrews eleven six, and he talked about without faith, it's impossible to please God. We want to please God. We want to please Abba father. We want to please you, but without faith, faith is trust, trust in him, 
trust in him and depending on him and not in ourselves. So then uh, one point Ryan just brought up so eloquently was his, this, this wisdom is insight from experience insight from experience. And we can tap into that when we reach out to men in our lives and we become uh, in, in mentorship relationships and discipleship relationships. It can actually be an affirming gesture when we go to somebody further ahead in this life and say, I want to learn from you. And so if you're interested in getting connected, if you want that in your life, you can visit ycbguy.com. Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G-U-Y.com, ycbguy.com. We have men across the country who both in person and virtually are ready to be in that mentorship or discipleship relationship. Or if you want to get connected to a peer group, meets on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, whatever you're looking for, we have groups meeting in in 20, 30, 40, 50 cities across this country that we can get you connected in. We actually have a physical presence in 300 and about 40 cities. So we will get you connected. Or if you want to join our weekly call for young Christian business guys, where we just connect with one another, talk with one another, pray with one another, I can get you connected to that. And finally, if you want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian, if you're in the seeking phase, if you're in the analysis phase and you just say, man, I, I'm not really going to church. I don't really know who to talk to. I, I've Googled some things, but I really want to have a guy in my life that I can just have relationship with and just not from a judgmental standpoint, but just process through some of this. Uh, we have guys that are ready to have those conversations and be there as a, as a, as a, as a listening ear and helping you process through that. So you can visit ycbguy.com to get connected. So today, June 18th, 2020, and another great, amazing episode of the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. I'm John Harrison. Remember, stay on purpose and we'll see you next time. Take care.